Yeah, here we are back at it for uh, the Watchmen finale. Too bad Ryan couldn't show up. I was really excited to see an updated timeline that he, he might have had. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, before we get into it, get on down to Riverside Wine Spirits. They got great gift ideas and all the booze you need to handle your family here during the holiday season and everything you would need for uh, if you're throwing a New Year's party or whatnot. They've got mixers, they got cheeses, they got uh, spreads, they got, of course, booze. But yeah, get on down there, check it out right there on Manufacturers Road. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get a beer and hit the button and let's get into it. So, uh, yeah, finale of Watchmen. We're here with Ian Sharp. What's up, everybody? This is uh, episode 215F, if you've been keeping up with our uh, Watchmen shenanigans. So, uh, yeah, finale. Let's, uh, I guess it kind of opens up. We get an immediate answer. Let's see, I'm going to turn this down a little bit here. Uh, we get an immediate answer of where Lady True's from. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it's not, I mean, like, you know, a part of me was like, it's weird to think that, uh, Vite had like a love interest at some point. Um, it's also weird to me that it, maybe it's just a, one of the things that happens, but uh, Lady True is younger than I am. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that, but yeah. Because that was happening. Uh, so basically, one of his servants, were those like clone slaves? Because that was referenced in the comic. I remember him having like Asian workers. Yeah, I don't know if they were clones or not. They were definitely... Um, I mean, they were definitely, I don't think they were slaves, but they were definitely like yeah. his, his staff. When her mom, when she was like, so basically her mom was a servant of his and broke into his library while he was recording the message for Robert Redford, I guess like a day before he released the giant squid on Manhattan. Right. And uh, on the city of Manhattan, not the doctor. So he was recording this message. She snuck into his, his office or whatever and stole a vial of his sperm that he was hoarding for whatever reason. And then inseminated herself, which then led to Lady True. But when she did it, she said something. She was like, uh, fuck you, Ozymandias. I'm not going to be your slave anymore. So it made me wonder if this was, if they were like cloned slaves. Or, I thought they were workers up until that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get the impression. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was, a, you know, a piece of shit to him. But I don't get the impression that, like, they were all out slaves because you know, at this point he was still known as like a good guy. Yeah. Like, so I don't think that he would have wanted that kind of, uh, you know, reputation. So I, I feel like he was probably, they were probably paid staff, but like he probably still was a dick and probably a shitty mm -hmm. boss, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we get that right off the bat. And then I, that automatically reveals that D is daughter and she sends a spaceship for Vite. That was my first guess as soon as I was like, I bet the D is for daughter, and I bet yeah. that's his, but that's his, I bet she, he's her dad, and then, yeah, but not quite in the way that, that, that we that we would have thought. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much what uh, I'm thinking is essentially kind of a situation with Ray and Palpatine from this new Star Wars, but oh. we'll get into that later. Yeah. I'm like, not in another episode, not later <laughs> on this. But yeah, I thought, I actually, one of my favorite parts of the episode was the whole spaceship on... Because it revealed that clearly Ozymandias had set up the game warden, right? To be like to just have something to do, essentially, and then we get a, a bullet catch. Yeah, 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 that was a neat little toss in there. Yeah, it was uh, pr proof that he still got it, you know. Yeah, which I guess is a good yeah. That's a good qualifier for later on when he gets sent back to Karnak and he's like, "Oh, it's time to save the world," right? You know, so it's a pretty good qualifier for that. Well, I do think, and this is kind of jumping ahead in the story a bit, I do think that um, he was ultimately smarter than Lady True. I mean, yeah. he was a little more ignorant because of his age, mm -hmm. but I think that, like, I mean, if you think back to the comic, you know, there's that pinnacle point where he, you know, he gives the big speech, and then they're like, it's like, we'll stop you. He's like, oh, please, do you think I'm some, like, you know, comic book villain who's going to sit here and lay out his whole master plan while you still have time to stop it. It's like, yeah. It happened 35 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas Lady True 
was the comic book. Though. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Ab- she absolutely had big grandiose speeches because she wanted. She wanted the glory of it. She he he at the, at least at the time didn't want the glory. I think he got sad over time that he didn't get the glory. But I think that just speaks to his character. You know that he was. Uh, that I think he ultimately was was still on top of things up until you know his his end of the story, which was one well, something I've never quite put together until I was reading something online. But Ozymandias is the Lex Luthor of yes, this world, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Like he kind of has good intentions, but he's going to go about it in lesser than okay ways. Right. I, yeah. I, it, to use D and D terminology, I definitely call him lawful evil. Yeah. 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 And uh, so yeah, we immediately. See him, we get the answer. He's been in this gold statue this whole time. Which, when was it that that spaceship crashed? Like, how long had she had him? Uh, just a few days. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, apparently. I See, my, my understanding of things, I thought that maybe, like, that was the land that she had bought and then was also building the, the Millennium Tower there. So it had been there for, like, That's a year. That's what I thought, yeah. But I, apparently not. Apparently this, that was just a one-off. That's that's something that he uh, Lindelof clears up in the in the podcast. Ah, uh, okay. Sweet. So, yeah, don't listen to this podcast. Go listen to that one. Listen then, to both. Then come back. Get all yeah. the information. Yeah. See, I, I, that was kind of unclear to me is exactly when that took place. But I did think the gold carbon freezing was pretty cool, though. Like, yeah. And the minute I saw the pose, like, the pose mold... I was like, oh, that's what that is. Right. Which surprisingly, this show has been pretty predictable. Yeah, yeah. It's that that's something that like um, you know, I mean, like it really like, I mean, if you go back and reread Watchmen after you've read it once, all this stuff p- points out at you. But yeah. It, it's just the way it was delivered uh was a little bit and also like, you know, when Watchmen came out, when I read it, there wasn't an internet. So there wasn't like message boards with other people noticing things that I missed yeah. and getting all these theories out there. Like, I feel like, you know, I do want to do a rewatch, but I feel like it's not going to be as good as rereading Watchmen yeah. because, uh, you know, I've already sifted through and picked out a lot of this stuff. So I've, I probably killed a lot of the, f- the long-term fun for myself by, by being that, you know, obsessive about it. But, um, it, you know, I, I do, I am going to check it out. I want to let it age a little bit too, and then do it again. Yeah. See if maybe it, it feels different than it felt this time. But, um, you know, I definitely like in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do a rewatch now that I know how it ends. want to see, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know, but like, but like you said, it's been pretty pretty predictable. So so I I, I don't I wonder how much I'm actually going to get out of that. But you know we'll, we'll see. Sorry, I was trying to catch up my notes here because <laughs> I I wrote like all over the place for this. Like Oz is definitely smarter than True. Like as you mentioned, that's something I wrote down here. As I was like, is she? But his whole thing since we see it open up with him getting off of a uh, where was it? Moon of Jupiter? Um, yeah, Europa. Yeah, Europa. When he's getting off there, he tells the warden. The, or the warden asked him, he's like, uh, yeah, was I a worthy adversary? And he was like, no. But with True, he actually has a worthy adversary. Right. But he's still able to, you know, it really wasn't even that clever of a way to solve the issue. Right. Well, I mean, like, they didn't have a lot of time. I figure it was just yeah. the first thing he thought of. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, and, and like, I think I think part of that has to do with the fact that, like, you know, if, if things hadn't gone the way they'd gone and that blood had flowed a different direction. He would have been screwed. It was Dr. Yeah. Manhattan who really saved the day, yeah. but, uh, you know, facilitated him to do that. That's why he probably was like, yeah, she was worthy because if, if it not for things beyond my control, I would have died. What gets me about Dr. Manhattan though, is his whole sort of philosophy is he can see his path and it's predetermined. He's just kind of going through the motions and it's implied, I guess, that we're all going through the motions, only he's aware right. of the motions. When they straight up say that, it's like, uh, we're all puppets, only I can see the strings. Mm-hmm. Did he always, like, are things in this universe predetermined destiny style? Or, you know, did he always teleport them to Karnak? Yeah, from his perspective. Well, so the one interesting thing, though, uh, about that is, you know, while he's in that sort of cage, it affects his power. So I think that was probably kind of a dead space for him. And he was kind yeah. of going, you know, off the seat of his pants uh, on that one. I don't think that that was something that he, like, he probably knew, you know, because, you know, he, the way he put it, you know, when he when he was telling talking to Angela about what was about to happen, he's like, I'm going to get teleported and then I'm going to be destroyed, um, which happened. I have a different take on that. I think, and, and I imagine that it's meant to be this way where you have your own interpretation, yeah. but the way it makes sense to me is he wasn't destroyed. I mean, he was destroyed, but like 
No one absorbed him, so the power's still floating out there. He knows how to reassemble himself. He knows details about Angela's past, supposedly Mm -hmm. after he died, that he's made reference to. Like, he's like, you'll need to see me walk on water. How would he know that, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And also, like, the, um, it, you know, you have to break some eggs to make an omelet. That'll make sense to you at some point. If he was dead, he wouldn't know that that would ever make sense to her, Um, unless he was just being, you know, coy about it. But, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, I kind of think that... uh, I think he's still around. I think he. I think maybe probably the 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 clone of him, to use a lack of a better term, uh, going through the motions on Mars. I think that maybe when he got zapped, his consciousness there may maybe woke yeah. up. Yeah. Unless he pulled himself all together when he first snapped out of it. Yeah. Which might have been a, a, a thing that happened. I don't know. I mean, he well, and I of- feel like if that was the case, this show's got so much detail to it that they would have had something on the news it's like Doctor Manhattan's not on Mars. Right. I like your idea of him snapping back to Mars. That makes sense to me. That's kind of the way multiple man works in the Marvel universe is like he can create clones to himself. And then like, if the main one is destroyed, another one becomes, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. You know, I mean, well, it's, it's the way I see it is that there is no main one. They're all autonomous sort of, I mean, they're all a hive mind, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very, uh, I don't know, but it, it's it's one of those things you can make your own ending out of it. I also think that, well, I mean, I, jumping way ahead, I think that there's probably two Dr. Manhattans. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that would also, I like the way they went about recasting Dr. Manhattan. Like, I thought that was a really clever way to get around and not have people being like, they made Dr. Manhattan black. Right. You know? well, and I thought it worked for the story really well. It was a really clever narrative way to get it to where oh, we need to recast Dr. Manhattan. We can't have Billy Crudup from the right. movie. So how are we going to avoid comparisons to Billy Crudup and all this and then also stick to you know a lower budget because we, we want to design Dr. Manhattan a little different than Billy Crudup, which I think he was mostly digital. Yes. Where this was mostly practical makeup. Right, right. And uh, so that's a really clever way narratively to get around that. And then if they bring him back and it's the it's the one on mars that's another way for them to recast manhattan again and it still work with the story right well i think i i mean implying that he is still alive uh would mean that he would have known that he was going to live yeah Uh, because because he would have had he the the cage part might have been fuzzy but everything after that would have would have been part of the same collective consciousness um, and then maybe would even remember it in the case. So, yes, maybe he did die because you would think that, okay, well, then he would remember all that stuff that happened during the cage, and then that would seep into his overall consciousness. Yeah. But I, I still think while he's in the cage, he wouldn't have been aware of all that. But When I think it was even briefly mentioned where he was like, oh, yeah, I've got no – when he's in the past talking to Angela, he's like, yeah, there's about 10 years that aren't there. And then I feel like he says something else where he's like, there's about 10 years and then another small gap or something like that, yeah. which would have been when he's in the cage. Yeah. So, or again, just, if he can see after that. Well, what part of me thinks that like, if he can see, if he can see after that, that was just the, uh, the slyest doggest of a breakup. Like, Oh baby, mm. I'm going to die. It's like a fake his death. Just so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go do my own thing again. <laughs> But, uh, um, you know, but, you know, I'll leave you with a little something. You'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to do cool stuff. It's like, I'm still there. You know, um, I, uh, I just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of cool, cool parallels that, uh, to the old comics. Like, you know, I mean, during that, that scene where he's in the cage, he's definitely, and it's showing that it's messing with his mind. He's recalling all of the, you know, old lines from the comics where he's just saying like, Janie, is it too, you know, cold? I can turn the heat up or something like that. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really crazy how, uh, you know, I, I, and I say this every episode, how much attention to detail they, they put into mm-hmm. it. Um, so I, I, you know, I forgot what my original point was on, on that little rant, but <laughs> well, either way, uh, I was going to ask you because you seem to know a little bit more about this than I do was Vites sort of his whole thing ultimately was like, we can't have Dr. Manhattan around, but shh. Um, I think low key. Cause I mean, I think that yeah. was always his biggest threat. Like, which know, that, that's what brings it back to, he's kind of the Lex Luthor of this right. world. And I'd never thought about that. Yeah. I, uh, Oh, I remember what I was going to say. We were talking about how, um, 
they recast him and how I think yeah. aside from a, a race thing, which I, I saying that I fully understand. Yes, the show is very much about race and that is uh, that's definitely a point they were trying to make. But I also think there's another point where, you know, you see like you never see a clear shot of mm-hmm. pre Cal Manhattan's face. Uh, even in the flashback scenes and the memories, when you see all the other, you know, you see Captain Metropolis, but you see all the other people you recognize, like the comedians there and, you know, uh, original Night Owl is there, but it's blurred out. You don't see their faces. And I think part of that is also uh, they recast it with a different face specifically because they wanted to say, like, look, we want Dr. Manhattan in this show but we don't want to sully your memories that you've yeah. built. And it goes back to like on the very first episode that we did, um, I, mo- I brought up how much I like the show because it doesn't take away anything from the comic. And I think that, that, that it's, that's part of that, that same you know, intent there is where they're, they're saying, like, we want you to have the comic unsullied, and you still can enjoy it unsullied and this alongside it. And this is not going to, like, we're not going to retcon a bunch. Although they kind of did. I mean, the Hooded Justice stuff. But those are really holes in the story. That they're yeah. just feeling. It's not retconning. It's not saying the thing you thought was true is actually this. I mean, like, you know, the whole fact that, that the um, little ring thing was his actual plan A, was Veidt's plan A against yeah. Dr. Manhattan. That's sort of a retcon, but not really. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be. Um so, you know, I, I think that they, they really, they, they put this together from the perspective of a fan. They go, like, if I was a fan and someone did, you know, this, I would hate it. But if they did this, I'd probably be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, Beck, I still wonder, though, like, if that was his plan A, that's what brings me to, did Vite always want to get rid of Dr. Manhattan? Yeah, um, I mean, especially, like, once he started hatching big, you know, uh, evil schemes. I think that he definitely. Yeah. I mean, like you know, that's that's part of the plot of the original is he was the the he he was the hero killer, and the reason mm. why is these are the people that could stop me. He couldn't kill Manhattan, but he knew he could get him to leave. Yeah. And uh, but like he also had that ring that he's like, but I mean, how is he going to get that in his head? You know, the only way you were going to get Doctor Manhattan to accept that is willingly. Yeah. So I don't think he really accounted for the fact that he had fallen in love and come back, but. Uh, Maybe he is that smart. Maybe he had it down. He's like, oh, this this will happen. It just, I think it was more of a, con, you know, the other things were contingencies, and he never got to use that. And then when mm-hmm. she came back, she's like, hey, I've got this. Or he came back. He he's the one. You know, Manhattan is the one who talked to him. He's like, I got this problem. He's like, well, I might have the solution for that. And I'm sure he was definitely thinking like, yes, getting him out of the picture yeah. benefits me. But when it was kind of set, a big thing with the show in general is legacy. I mean, that's like a huge overarching theme. You've got the passing down of shit from Will to Angela and then even Angela's kid, that weird little boy. He like saw her costume. So it's like he's going to become Brother Knight or something maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he lost his his father figure. So that's going to be a traumatic experience for him. Yeah. And uh, God damn this show. Yeah. Uh, something I was going to bring up is it was also revealed that Dr. Manhattan, in the end, after Vite saves the day again, quote-unquote, by sending frozen tiny squids to tear down the uh, Dr. Manhattan machine that's going to steal his powers and kill Lady True, Will has the... It's a really good scene between him and Angela where he sort of just explains shit and then it ties back in with whatnot. But basically is revealed, and you get a little bit of this in the last episode, but that... Dr. Manhattan set him up to go see Lady True. Right. Put everything into motion, knowing he was going to be destroyed. And I think that's very deliberate terminology there. But it's also, uh, from Will's point of view, it was set up that, like, defeating Cyclops and the white supremacists were like the end-all, be-all. But after seeing it from this episode, it's like, well, he's going to set this into motion because it's his granddaughter and the world needs this. And I happen to be able to kill a bunch of white supremacists in the process. Well, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there. I also definitely think that Dr. Manhattan, because we never did see that whole meeting that they had. Mm -hmm. We never got to hear that whole conversation. And Will at the end says, we helped each other. So I definitely think that Dr. Manhattan is the reason why Will is up and walking around at 105 years old. Uh, Did he answer the door on his feet? Um, he did. Okay, so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know if he was walking then or not. No, but, he looked pretty spry back then. But uh, uh, 
you know, there's also the, the part in the second episode where he reaches in the boiling pot of water and grabs a, an egg out of that to eat. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, you know, that. Like, I never noticed he reached into boiling water. Oh, yeah, yeah, with his bare fingers. Fuck. It's, I did not. I recently got burned by my coffee in my French press maybe about a month ago. That's no easy feat. So I think I think Doctor I think Doctor Manhattan may have given Will an egg too. Maybe not like a full powered egg, but mm. like a Was it established at that meeting with Will between Doctor M and Will that that was their first time meeting? Yes. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure Hooded Justice had run-ins, but I, that, so, but they talk about actually they, they do talk about it even in the show. Um, Hooded Justice disappeared right before because because that was one of the theories. Like Doctor Manhattan is Hooded Justice. Yeah. Like Panda and, and Red Scare were talking about it. So I I, I think that uh, I think they were a little bit separated uh, on their timelines because okay yeah I I think that I think that Will uh, got a little of that. Dr. I've thought of that juice. for a long time is he's got something going on because what's he supposed to be 105 Yep, and like getting around real good and like given in this world, technology operates a little different. So you can chuck it up to that a little bit. Like I didn't even realize that all of the cars because of Dr. Manhattan, all of the cars are electronic. Yeah. So when you hear like cars driving, like even old shitty cars, it's like, <laughs> I just like details, man. Right. The show's great at that. What's next on your notes? Uh, let's see here. Well, I wanted to quote you. Is uh, We can start to transition to some cons here a little bit if you want to. But uh, you made a post today that was like, self-contain my ass, Lindelof. And that's kind of what I have to say about it. It's like he's been preaching this whole time, self-contained. And this episode basically paid off most of the shit that we've had, but there was still quite a number of loose ends. Right. Right. So on the, on the official podcast, he, and, and my theory after seeing it was like, Oh no, that's, that's uh setting up for a season two for sure. Like we're going to get a season two, but on the, um, on the podcast, he kind of goes into some of that. He basically, he said before they had filmed it, but uh, they'd gotten the scripts out. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson, uh, who played looking glass, had a uh, had a copy of it and they were having lunch and talking about it mm-hmm. and um, he was he kind of said that it's like his intention was just to just do a one and done sort of thing. Well, no, it was he had asked me because he was like, "Oh man, can't wait for season two because that's how you, how it normally works. If something's good, you keep making it." And uh, Tim Blake Nelson was like, "Oh yeah," because he wanted you know it's a recurring part for me. I yeah. live, you know, and he's like, "Well, I don't know," <laughs> and it's like basically he was saying that he doesn't know. He he's like. If I do another one, it has to be deliberate. It has to be something that, you know, that is like this was a two-year process putting the show together. And it has to be the right time. There has to be the right story to say. And he's like, I'm not saying never. I won't come back to it. But right now, the answer is I don't have that story. And mm-hmm. so that, that's what, you know, he said as of, well, they said they filmed it two, or they recorded that episode of the podcast two weeks ago. So as of two weeks ago, that was his the stance he was putting out there. Um, it makes enough sense to me that, yeah, they're, now I don't know that that HBO isn't going to want some more Watchmen money, yeah, and may, maybe bring on a new showrunner and be like, "Yep, you here's the pieces, you you get the next part of it." Yeah, it sounds to me like HBO. I mean, why wouldn't HBO want that? And it sounds like Lindelof knows that, and he's sort of just playing it a little bit to be like, nah, "I'm giving paycheck." I mean, there are some big, big, big things. Like, I mean, well, like, I mean, just straight up, let's just get it out there. The end, the yeah. end is uh, we, we've we've referenced it, but I haven't outright said it at least. Um, Dr. Manhattan supposedly sets all these, gives Angela all these clues that leads her to think that an egg that she was drinking or that she had thought she had broken was still intact. And it might have some of that Dr. Manhattan energy and, uh, that she goes out and eats the egg. And she remembers, you know, the part where he was standing on the pool. He says, it's important that you see me like this. And so she puts her foot on the water and then it cuts away. Like inception. Right. Yeah, and so you're not you're supposed to kind of think about like a like did she get the powers? Did she not get the powers? Well, why would why would he lie? Why you know, Doctor Manhattan? You know, we talked about how deliberate everything in this show is. Well, everything Doctor Manhattan says is for sure deliberate. So it's like you know, because he, especially he believes in causality and fate. He you know he he sees it happening in front of him. Um, and, I, and all, one of the things that's just a personal thought that I've kind of wondered too is what if it's just that he's so distracted and overwhelmed from all of that that he can't break out of it? Like if, yeah. he, if he could focus it, 
he could change things. Mm. But maybe it's just because it's all happening at once, and he still ultimately is a human being who's perceiving these things. Maybe that's the limitation and like a you know a hidden weakness that we don't know he has. Yeah, but that's just me spitballing. Um, but uh, what's crazy is, is you know they've been setting us up. I think for that ending, I, I, my theory is that she she got the powers because. Again, the deliberateness of it. But also, and I got this up on my phone, like the main promotional image for the show, and I never picked this out, and I never would have, mm-hmm. is, you know, it's Sister Knight uh, yeah. in front of the, the yellow clock, but she's cast in blue. Like, there's a yeah. blue light over it. Uh, no, that was brought up uh, in something I was reading the other day, and I, I hadn't noticed that either. It, it didn't make any sense until I saw, like, we had gotten done watching it last night, and then, you know, the little promotional picture was there. It's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even in that final scene when she eats the raw egg and then starts walking onto the pool, almost the way it's filmed, there's, uh, there's, it's a bluish light. There's definitely a blue tint over the, or a blue filter. I don't know what, yeah. what the, the terminology is. I think a filter uh, over it that's, you know, it's, it's a subtle one, but it's there. And then there's also the, the reflection coming off of the pool, which adds mm-hmm. to that more. So I think that, uh, I mean, that was, I, I certainly think that was intentional. I was for sure waiting for like a, a subtle blue glow. Yeah. To emit right before. I knew going into that, I was like, oh, this shit's going to cut right here. I didn't even see the time code, but I was like, it's going to cut. I know how this shit works. Shit's going to cut. But right when she gets close to the water, I was waiting for her foot just to glow like subtly blue. So we had just a little bit more closure on that. But uh, he also said uh, in, in the previous episode, right before um, she went, to, it was right after, or it was right around the time he told her that this is the moment where I know that I love you. Um, he, he gives her the line, this, you know, I leave it entirely in your hands, which is the last line from the comic at the cliffhanger. Um, but that also could be another, I leave it entirely in your hands, mm-hmm. like the responsibility of being yeah. in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and for that, you know, and that that could be part of part again one of the things that I, that I think they were slowly dropping hints that yeah she's going to take the mantle. Even though, like I said, I fully think that Doctor Manhattan is still yeah out there. I don't. Th- I think this is his way of finally saying goodbye to the to Earth. Yeah, is just passing on the mantle. Yeah, he's like they need something like this to really thrive, but I don't want to do that anymore. I quit. One since. You know, going back to what you were saying about how one of the detriments of his power is his ability to witness and experience all time simultaneously. At this point, he could realize that that is the detriment to that power, as you would call it, as he would say. And he may have figured out a way to dial it down where he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to give you a little egg. It's got some loose power in it, but it's not what I got. You're not as powerful as me. Right. Yeah, you won't you won't experience time all time at once, maybe. But you you can walk on water. You can probably fly. You can probably yeah. punch stuff real hard. Not get not get bullets. Probably live to be you know two hundred years old. <laughs> you know? I, speaking of Doctor Manhattan, a weird little bit of closure we got that I didn't even necessarily want, need, or anything was when Senator Keene Jr. is giving his speech and he's stripping down to his little panties, which looked goofy as hell on yes, him. Yes, And it's hilarious that that character would think like, no, I've got to have the outfit, I'm going to have the exact underwear, got it, got it all. But uh, how they found out that it was Dr. Manhattan that was Cal was, and we all knew this like two episodes ago or whatever, is that when they broke in during the White Knight, Cal slipped into just moment of danger and zapped the guy. I assumed he disintegrated him, but he transported him. And I'm, I don't know. I just thought that was a really neat little thing they put in there is, uh, they didn't have to include that. Right. But it was a neat little bit of closure. Well, it was, it was reflective. Uh, I mean, not reflective. It was reflexive, I think, because it was, if it was Dr. Manhattan, he probably just would have sizzled the guy's brain, Mm -hmm. but because it was, it was Cal who didn't know like what he could do, just shot out some energy, you know, instinctually and, uh, which even that that's uh, you know, Vite says that could happen when he gives her the ring or yeah. when, he, when he gives him the ring. He's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, but, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that it's, uh, it, for sure. I mean, it, I guess now's a good time to get into the cons. Cause <laughs> that's, yeah. that's yeah, the next thought that it. I have. Yeah. Let's go for it. Um, so you know that Dr. Manhattan is in town. How do these rednecks know they can get him? You know, how yeah. do they know how to do? How do they know how to? I fill honestly the case? like. I expected a little more 
I honestly expected it to be Lady True that was behind it all and that had been supplying them and, like, giving them money. Like, maybe she was in cahoots with Keen, but well, Keen didn't even know he was in cahoots with... Right. Well, I kept the point expecting of, that, but she sort of infiltrated Yeah, and anyway. It, for it to be the way it played out, like, it was kind of a, a double down on the same plot, which I wasn't mm. really crazy about. Like, the fact that, like... And, and she explains why. She's like, yeah, the fact that, like... You know, and like Lori kind of pieced together, like she probably let you steal all this equipment. Like she probably wanted you to do this. And she says like, yay, the only way I could, you know, make sure that Dr. Manhattan didn't know I was coming was for you guys to be the ones planning it. And then I'm going to come in and swoop in and just take it. Yeah. I kind of was thinking that they were going to have different sort of things going on. And in fact, it was just, I did too. Yeah. Two of the same, like uh, the, it's like the, Oh, this is seventh cavalry's plan. And we're going to tell you what it is. A few, a few episodes before the end. I'm like, that's just a decoy. And then you find out that like, Oh, lady true's plan. It's just the same plan. Just with yeah. an extra step. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, that's what the clock does. It just, it's a filter. It's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, Oh no, I kind of felt the exact same as like, Oh wait, did we just become best friends? We have the same idea. You know, that sort of thing. I kept expecting, you know, especially when Angela came in and was like, look, her power sources. Lady True steps out of the shadows with her magnet gun people or magnet shield people, t- disarms everybody, and is just like, yeah, Senator Keene, did you really think I was trying to invest in your campaign? Or just something like that. And then he gets killed, and off to the races we go. But yeah. that didn't happen. It was literally... The same two plots, yeah, back that's, to back. That seemed for a show that's as dense as it is. That felt a little a little shallow to me. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I know how to put that. Um, the other thing that really kind of bugged me, um, that was really just sort of like it, it, I felt like in the last episode, all of the best characters were essentially wet noodles, except yeah. Vite, who had a little bit. You know, he he di- he did something. You know, and <laughs> like. But for the most part, like, I mean, okay, we haven't, you know, we gave Lori her whole own episode. It was one of the best episodes of the whole show. We gave uh, Looking Glass his own whole episode, which is also one of the best episodes of the show. We don't, we hardly see either one of them after that. And then yeah. in the end, they're kind of just there. Yeah. They they arrest Vite at the end, which is kind of a wacky little, like, it was kind of a comedic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just felt so kind of like, uh and I think that my main issue with it is I ultimately I just wanted more out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that going back to one of the things, that, one of my early criticisms before I really like was sold on the show uh, was that, you know, it was only nine episodes long. And it's like, it feels like it should be 12 because the comic was 12 issues. Apparently the nine episodes was meant to kind of be a nod to the nine panel pages that, it, yeah. that, that, that the comic did. Um, but I felt like there's like, it, there needed to be like three more episodes of story before getting to this ending. And like, I feel like, you know, more resolution between like looking glass and, and Lori, like I, I just felt like they kind of got dropped off, you know, um, Angela even what didn't do a whole lot. Like, no, and I'm with you. Like, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it, uh, you could have really not even had Lori in this series. Yeah, no, she was just... Yeah, there even, was no even, real point to having her there other than just being like, this is what Lori's up to. Keen even said the main reason I brought you out here was I thought it... You know, he was basically just saying it was because I'm a dick and it was a mm-hmm. dick move to have you here. Wow, that's that's important. No, it's not. Another person trying to figure out the mystery and stop you? That's not a good thing. Like, what What are you doing? So it just, it just felt like it was just like, oh, we're just going to throw her in the story to have her there. You yeah. Know? But one of her her solo episode, like I said, was one of the best episodes, and it just it, it just fell flat after that for her character. Where it's like, okay, now you just get to be there, you get to see John, and then you get zapped away, and then you are you're there to arrest, be the one who arrests Vite, you know? Mm-hmm. Woo, yeah. I, I I thought I did like the joke they made where they were talking, you know, when all that was coming out, and they're like, well, "What are we gonna do? Have the FBI arrest the president?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's a bit on the nose, but it's still funny." Like, but what's crazy is no, I mean, like they have been filming that, you know, for some time. So like this, there's not even like the impeachment stuff going on. They didn't, yeah, that wasn't thrown in. So it's like, but I mean, all, he was president, so they knew like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I felt like that was a definite jab at our, our real life situation we've got going. No, I'm with you. It's like, I wish it had a little more episodes. I don't know really still how I feel. I'm happy to have closure on the story, but 
we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. It may be my least favorite. Yeah, I think of, of all the episodes. I think of the whole show. This this might be. I mean, again, it's it's one of those things that's gonna have to age a little. Um, I, it's, I definitely see the whole series as a unit, and not. I mean, but it, it is easy to break up the episodes. But like now, thinking back on it, there's kind of, some parts that are kind of blending together, and I'm not sure which episode, which thing happened mm-hmm. in. Which is the same thing that happens with the comics. I can't tell you. This is the issue about this. Yeah, I know there is the one issue that's very Doctor Manhattan centric, and then there's the, you know certain issues that focus on certain things because you know that was released you know as a as like you know month to month like a comic mm-hmm. was. So you had a month to stew on it. Um, but I think that, uh, that yeah, it's it's. Uh, I say I think that a lot uh, as, as a reflexive time. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's well, it's one of those things we'll have to see because I mean, it was good. It was it was definitely like I said, they 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 cared about the fans. They wanted to make the fans happy, and they did. Uh, even in the last episode, which may be my least favorite, they did a lot of cool stuff. There was a lot of stuff still going on. There's a lot of depth there, a lot of questions to ask afterwards. Like, you know, well, do you think? And like, so, and then there's more interesting questions. Like, not just did she get the powers or not, but like, if she did, what would she do with them? You know? Yeah. How would that change the world? Because it would. It would definitely. Like, if they do another another season, and she has the powers. Uh, I would hope at least it would be a flash forward and it wouldn't just be like, this is the next year of you just learning to cope with these yeah. Dr. Manhattan powers. <laughs> Let's do a montage. No, I would want to see like a, a few year jump, like maybe 10 years in the future from that. And, uh, you know, see how the world has changed since Dr. Manhattan two has showed up. You, mm-hmm. know? you know, that's kind of, kind of, kind of my feelings on it, I guess. I really expected them to go with two Dr. Manhattans. Like I really thought we were going to see that, and I was like, and one would the the quote unquote bad Doctor Manhattan would get destroyed pretty quick, but I was fully ready. I was like, no, they're going to do two Doctor Manhattans, or my other thing was you know back to us talking about how both of the villains' plots were pretty much the same plot. I thought True was going to like disperse his powers. Right, and yeah. be like, no, nope, we're all on this God playing ground now. Yeah, I've, what I've, are we doing with that? I'd heard that theory. There's also the theory of the um, of the empathy bomb, but mm-hmm. you know, wasn't any of those things. It was, it was no. definitely just no. I just want to be Doctor Manhattan. It's like, oh come on, that seems so weird and silly. Like, I, I, it makes sense for the cartoon, you know, bad guy. The hey everybody, yeah. I'm the senator. I'm the crooked senator. Like. That that was kind of a, it made sense. I, I thought she had something more grandiose. Yeah, same. Um, like and also like I mean like they set up a lot of cool things that they never really paid off again. Like um, you know finding out that Will has that mind control kind of yep. technology that never came up to play nope. again. Like that I thought that could have been a really useful tool maybe in the final battle. You know the end game of things. Um, you know and it definitely made it seem like they were in cahoot. Like Will and and Lady True were in cahoots. Where in the end you feel like I was just hanging out because Doctor Manhattan told me to. Yeah, like it's like. It, it see it doesn't it doesn't seem like well okay but why, like what was the purpose of that I, I guess because he wanted everything to play out the way that it did mm-hmm. um, but I don't know I, I if it, it, it feels I, I hate to use this word <laughs> it feels a little convoluted mm. it feels like they wrote more threads they they wrote more threads than they knew how to tie up at the end and they're just like well we'll just let that one dangle yeah like um, well like, this is the lost rider right right. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, even this, like looking glass, you know, we, we were, I, I got that and I understood that we were never going to know for sure whether he actually had psychic power. Although, um, Vite in the original comic did mention that sensitives would experience nightmares for years who are in range of the blast. And hmm. one of the things that, uh, he says in the meeting, you know, looking glass says in his like support group meeting is, uh, you know, you still having the nightmares, you know? So it's that huh. they're, they're hinting at yes, he had latent psychic yeah. powers, um, but that never came back up again. Like you think that mm-hmm. like maybe they would have had him kind of best bite in a situation where like he's like you're full of shit and I know it. No, and it was uh, he was another kind of wasted character yeah, by the it, end. Like he was like, he was like a wet noodle. Like he didn't really yeah. do much. He was there and then he was another place and then you know he 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 showed the appropriate amount of anger at Vite, probably less than a lot of people expected. I think a lot of people probably expected him to just murder him. Mm. But, you know, he always, he had kind of, he was kind of like, he was like 
the Rorschach, but he was a more moral Rorschach. Yeah. Like he had he had a good moral compass on him, whereas mm-hmm. like Rorschach did not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny looking back to the original comics. I got into them in probably about 2006, 2007, having, you know, in-cell friends that are like, yeah, Rorschach's the best character in the whole book. And then Alan Moore released a thing. He's like, yeah, fans come up to me all the time. They say, I identify with Rorschach. He's like, ah, you really shouldn't and stay very far away from me. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, because like one thing I was thinking about earlier today that's not it's not really related to the show. It's more about the comic, but um, you know, like the co- one one cool thing about the comic is there's two Batman characters essentially. There's I mean technically everybody's a Batman character. Yeah. Somebody has powers, but like you've got Rorschach and Night Owl. Mm-hmm. Like Rorschach is the crazy Batman. He's the detective who goes and beats up thugs and rough roughs people up for information. He's unhinged. Mm-hmm. Night Owl. I mean, obviously you're unhinged to, to put on a costume and fly, you know, fly around in a thing, but he's like the more like, you know, he's the good qualities of Batman in the sense that he's, you know, ri- he's rich. Uh, he's got all the gadgets and the gear, but he's, you know, he has, he has more of a moral compass. Yeah. So I feel like they were too, like, instead of doing a Batman character, they did, they split them into two Batman characters. When that's one thing I missed is, uh, either night owl or having a character like that with gizmos and gadgets. They, they hinted at it. I mean, they like, definitely had like the, the moth men, men uh, paparazzi guys. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, and, and then also like, you know, the police had the owl ship. So yeah, there, there was there, that stuff was in the world. She had the, the, the goggles, uh, Angela did. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, you know, they, they, they did, but they didn't have like a guy that, that, that was his thing. Probably just because, well, A, there was the big, uh, you know, the scare. They were just getting over the the Dr. Manhattan cancer scare. Mm-hmm. So they were just now, like, starting to people using internet again and electronics again. But I don't know. And with Night Owl, I was fully, you mentioned it before we started recording this, but didn't have a after credit scene. No. They had that random Vite one in his episode. Or not his episode, but in one of the episodes. I kind of expect an after credit scene to tease something, and specifically... Vite in prison may be running in to Night Owl. Yeah. That, well, so, but that's, again, if they do a season two, that's another time jump forward, uh, which let, let's just be honest. They're in, someone inevitably will continue the yeah, story. Yeah. In some form or another. I mean, the comics are just wrapping up the doomsday clock thing, which I have no interest in, but that's, that's another conversation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that so, like HBO is not going to just, if this is a huge cult hit, I mean, they may give it 10 years. They yeah. may w- say, like, all right, we, we want to wait till someone has a really good, that can live up to this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that uh, they're definitely going to do that. But I think that that'd be an interesting thing is it's like, it's not Vite. Vite's dead. He died in prison. Um, but he did run into uh, to Dan Dryberg in prison. Mm-hmm. And he and Dan Dryberg had a lot to talk about. And so Dan Dryberg appears as a main character of this Mm-hmm. hypothetical sequel maybe even as the surprise villain in the end you never mm. know that's but that's the fun of these kind of shows is they give you a lot of little pieces that you can kind of speculate and like okay what, what's the aftermath here because we didn't really know what the aftermath of, of the comic was either we knew like mm-hmm. we, we got a glimpse of like a couple days later and yeah not uh something else is i really expected don johnson to be in this a little more yeah, yeah, he he was in the first episode, and I think he was in like one flat. No, he was in like two flashbacks. Yeah, because he had there was one when they did like uh, more like Angela backstory episode, and then there was where they showed like the White Knight, and then there was another in the uh, the Hooded Justice episode. Um, I also expected a lot more of the uh, the American Hero story clips. We didn't get any more. Of yeah, that. yeah. You know, like in the original comic, Tales of the Black Freighter was kind of constant. It wasn't mm-hmm. in every issue, but it was pretty frequently yeah. peppered throughout it. This one, I think like there was maybe four scenes, maybe five. Mm-hmm. No, there were a couple things like that, which just get back to if it had 12 episodes. Right. Instead of nine. They would have had a lot more room to yeah, play. I, uh, yeah, I just want a little bit more from it. It's like, yeah, I'm here left just wanting a little bit more. Like... It's it, again, and I and I these criticisms come from a place of respect for the what they did, what they because all the things they did right are way, way, way out in outnumbering the things that, that I, I have issue with. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, th- those issues and th- my opinion could change a lot because you know it, it makes me think about coming out of the movie because coming out of the movie, I did not 
have a real sure opinion of how I felt. I, I, I knew it was weird and I didn't quite know why it just, something seemed kind of off about it. And then it took a few days of me kind of picking it apart in my head and going like, yeah, it's not the same. It's like, it's the same like wrapper, but it's Mm -hmm. not the same product inside. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about the movie. It's like, you know, like you've got the statue of David and then you've got like a plastic replica of yeah. the statue of David. And that's what the movie is to the comic. Um, this is a totally different statue related to the statue of David. It references the statue of David. It's a pretty good statue in its own right. I don't think it's as good as the original. I, so I should just use the actual terms. I don't think the show is as good as the comic, but the show is nothing to be sad about. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if you're a fan of the comic, you should watch the show. Um, you might you might not have the same issues I have with it. You might. Uh, I don't imagine anyone who's listening to this didn't watch the show. That's that's a silly thing for me to mm-hmm. to say. But if you are randomly a person who's like, you know what? I heard a lot about this Brew Chat podcast. I don't know what this episode is. Let's yeah. check it out. Uh, and you've made it this far. Yeah, go go read the comic and watch the show. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And then uh, I would say read the comic, and then watch the movie. And then maybe read the comic again, then watch the show. It's like, I still think visually the movie is a really good companion piece to the novel, like the first three-fourths of it. Yeah, it gives, of like, it gives you a visual representation of shit pretty well. Yeah, I don't like the, the uh, I may have said this before, I don't like the the, the rubbery costumes. I wish, yeah. I liked, like the Ozymandias costume in the show was perfect. Yeah. It's just like it was in the comic, whereas the movie was very like, you know, Batman and mm-hmm. I did like the way Dr. Manhattan looked in the movie. Yeah. They, they Cause did. I thought the Dr. Manhattan, the show looked like shit, right? Like digitize that guy. Well, so I, I thought like in the last episode, he looked a lot better than he did in the, the mm-hmm. previous one. Uh, one of the things that I think is the difference is probably, it probably had to do with the filming schedule. I feel like you could tell that in the previous episode, the actor that plays Cal was wearing a prosthetic scalp. Yeah. Because his head looked kind of bulbous. Yeah. Um, more so than he did with hair. Now, I get also sometimes that's just how the effect that hair has where, you know, some people look weird. Like, I look weird with that without a beard. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this one, in the newest one, his head did not have that kind of bulbous quality to it. Um, I, I think that maybe it was a prosthetic scalp in some scenes and then in others it was after he's like, all right, we're done with your cow scenes. Go ahead and shave. Mm-hmm. It, it felt more awesome in this one where in the last one it's like, that's just a guy painted blue. Yeah. Yeah. In the last one, it was definitely way worse, but overall not really a fan of the Dr. Manhattan effects. And I get it. The budget requirements between like painting a guy blue versus digitizing it going to cost you way more money to digitize. It's going to take you longer, all that good stuff. But, and again, they did a really good job narratively of getting around that, of right. just being like, yeah, I could glow if I wanted to. Yeah, and so then you just infer that he's not wanting to glow. Right, he's trying to it, stay low-key. But it's like, no, turn your eyes white and glow. Like, I want that. We got some of that. I mean, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with that part of it. I, it didn't, that didn't really stick out to me. And, like, I, I, that was another thing I wanted to comment on that's that's a good thing is that, the effects, especially in this last episode, were pretty good. Yeah. Like the the energy getting sucked up out of mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan looked awesome. The Millennium Clock centrifuge thing spinning around in the sky looked awesome. Um, There's just so much cool, you know, eye candy in this that you don't typically get on a TV show. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess like, you know, they still got some of that leftover Game of Thrones money. <laughs> Yeah. Because that was really the first show where, like, holy shit, that's a huge CGI dragon that looks pretty good. Like, it doesn't look cheesy. You know, it looks like... That shit looked really good. Yeah. Like, that's why I was so surprised at Dr. Manhattan, like, just being guy painted blue. I mean, we got the eyes turning white, but we never really got any glowing effects too much. There was some, but it was, it was like, I mean, mostly, like, when he first, you know, woke up. Yeah. And, like I said, yeah, there were other things that were throwing me off, like the bulbous head Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know... Things like that, but um, no, I I, uh, I I think they did the best they could, do. <laughs> like which is the excuse that people give the Zack Snyder all the time. Like, well, yeah. he did the best he could with what he had, which is not wrong. But you know, I, st- I still just I just it's not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But, I, but the show, uh, you know, despite its flaws, I think that uh, and really all the flaws I have with it are in that last episode. 
the whole show up. Same, yeah. Felt good. It felt like everything was was happening. Uh, you know, there was a lot to take in, and then I feel like they just cut themselves off too short at the end. They're yep. like, all right, we just. You know, and I, like I said, I don't expect everything to get wrapped up because not not everything is going to be. But like, I would have liked some more meat on those bones. Same, yeah. I'm right there with you. Is just another episode or two. I don't even need twelve episodes. Eleven may have done it. Yeah, I just wanted a little bit more meat on those bones. I want a little bit more fleshed out. If you, if Lindelof, you're going to say it's conclusive, make it conclusive. Let's give me a little bit of an epilogue. Like, I mean, you said the original novel gives you a couple days after the squid attack. Right. When gives the, you a little bit to go on. Yeah. Uh, it's when he gets the journal. I think that was a, yeah. couple, a couple days. It, wasn't, it definitely wasn't the next day. I, uh, I also, you know, I mean, as cool as like the PDPedia stuff was. And then, uh, but we don't, like, there was no resolution for Petey in the show. Like, he was introduced as a character. I get that the PDPedia stuff is background stuff, but, like, and if you read the PDP, you get a better idea. But, like, it doesn't come off as required reading, but it almost has to be now because of some of the choices they made. Yeah. Where it's like you don't see Petey again, nor do you see Lube Man again. Yep. Coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Lube Man uh, was, uh, you know, just such a shocking scene to never come back to. I can't think that there was anything like that in the comic. That but- is my... Lube Man is my number one basis for why there's going to be a season two. Yeah. Well, they, they do. I mean, they pretty much, that's one of the things, like I said, the PDPedia is really where you go to get the story of Lube yeah. Man. And like what, all I'm going to say is if you haven't read it, uh, it's on the HBO website. If you just Google PDPedia, um, all one word, it'll take you right to it. You know, at, we, we've talked about this before in between all the episodes, there's a couple articles after the last one, there was one. And it's just a uh, report of PD getting f- like basically uh, another FBI agent. It's like we had to let PD go. This is a couple days later. Um, they talk about how Agent Blake um, has is being debriefed. Um, they talk about how Keen has gone missing. They don't. They don't know. Nobody knows what happened. All the witnesses either died to act, who actually saw what happened. Ah. Either died or probably aren't saying a whole lot. Yeah. Um, um, but PD. Refused to leave Tulsa under orders and has gone rogue. Hmm. And let me pull up. I'm going to pull up the article. Yeah, I'll, pull while, it up. While I'm pulling it up, I'll, I'll talk about what I what I remember about it. Um, <laughs> they definitely, like, heavily insinuate that when they're, they're – they talk about cleaning out his desk. And they say that uh, they find a thing of canola oil <laughs> <laughs> or what they assume to be canola oil. Oh, man, my, I'm not getting much signal at all. That's weird. I normally do. Uh, this building is a fortress. I get terrible service in here. Are you on my Wi-Fi? I don't think I am. Uh, it is... Uh, see, I'll write it down here because I don't want to... <laughs> I want to broadcast my Wi-Fi signal here. Understandable. Is it, is it the 2G or the 5G? Uh, 5G. Yep, that works. All right. All right, so let's... There we go. All right. Oh, I and it downloaded. I didn't even have to have Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there's this. There's the part where they say that uh, that a maintenance crew will be boxing. I'm not going to read the whole thing because um, you should, you know, you should really dig in if you're a fan of the show. Um, but it does say that uh, they found. Well, here's here's what they find up in his uh, in his workspace, which is apparently very cluttered. It was uh, multiple copies of Rorschach's journal. That's weird. Multiple copies. We knew he had the one that he took with him. Hundreds of quote-unquote comic books and then a commentary on why our society is still so obsessed with pirates is beyond me. (laughs) And a jug of what appears to be some kind of canola oil. Help yourselves. Um, And then at the end, uh, the last last two paragraphs I, I will read because this is what really seals the deal for me. As for former Agent Petey, the circumstances of his dismissal are as simple as they are baffling. After defiantly refusing my direct orders to suspend his activities in Tulsa and return to Washington, I had no choice but to instruct the field office there to relieve him of his badge. My understanding from Tulsa PD is that he has now gone missing. Given the simultaneous deaths of a U.S. senator and a prominent trillionaire, it would appear Petey has taken it upon himself to continue, investi- to continue the investigation despite our closing. 
it's clear from now his memos, or it's clear now from his memos uh, that Petey, and then in, in parentheses, hero enthusiast, obsessive, solipist, I don't know what that is, on the uh, West, on the Worthen spectrum, which was the thing he referenced m- multiple yeah. times in those, is at risk for vigilante behavior and most likely always was. Perhaps sooner or later, this task force will be investigating him. Hmm. I think that that kind of is like the, yeah. Yeah. Of course, then again, there were similar things in there that said that Hooded Justice was a strong man who had gotten murdered in the comic. So maybe what they'll do is, if they do the sequel, is it wasn't what you think, but we get why you would think that. Yeah. And then you find out that it's actually something else. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I, you know, that like they said, uh, in the one episode title was, if you don't like my story, write your own. Um, I'm probably not, HBO is probably not going to ask me to write the next season. So, I mean, <laughs> no, and I'm okay with, uh, them not having Lindelof for that. Like I said, my theory is he's just playing coy, trying to get a fatter paycheck from HBO, or he's trying to position himself where he is just showrunner and he doesn't, he just kind of oversees it. He doesn't have to sit down and he's just trying to get himself a promotion or a raise or both. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure like if, if, if they do a sequel season, like next season, uh, like next year, just churn mm-hmm. one out, and it's and it's not even like a new thing. It's just a continuation of this one with a new showrunner. I'm sure that's still since he's a writer. I'm yeah. sure that's still a lot of his intellectual property that mm-hmm. he'll get like a cutback on. Yeah. So like that's that's a good, that's good for him because that's just a free check. But yeah, like, it also kind of risks you know sullying his art. Yeah, you know, I, I would be weird about it, but also I like money, so it's hard yeah. for, hard for me to say. But it, yeah. What you mentioned something earlier. Do they still have Watchmen comics that are like ongoing past the story? No. So originally the comic was just the 12 issues and that's all it was ever yeah. meant to be. And, and Alan Moore made a big, big deal about it. And, and like, that's part of why he was against the movie being made. He didn't want like there to be merchandise. But again, he likes money. Yeah. Well, you know, he let the movie get made. Alan Moore. He didn't, he had nothing to do with it. His, oh, really? His name wasn't on it. He didn't receive a, a check. Not at all. He, I, I imagine, though, for, like, intellectual property, he got some sort of royalty. No, right? he, he got fucked. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, we can cuss. He got fucked by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers ended up with, like, all of it. Damn. Yeah, and, like, Dave Gibbons tried to get him involved. Like, hey, man, here's a chance to get back into it. Maybe get some money. Maybe it'll get back in your hands. And he was just so burnt, burnt out by the thing. There's a lot of info, info on that. Uh, I watched a, a thing about on YouTube about, like, uh, the, the history of, 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 like, why... Uh, Alan Moore is so against putting you know his name on Watchmen stuff now, but hmm. he didn't want it to be commercialized. He wanted it to be a special kind of story. Yeah, and uh, for years and years and years, doesn't it was. every little screenwriter and storyteller? That's how they all. Yeah, there yeah. was there was zero like merchandise. You couldn't get toys or anything until the movie came out, and then there was all the merch for the movie. Uh, but I think he still owned some of the merchandising rights up until that point, and they finally got that away from him. Hmm. And uh, you know, Dave Gibbons is on board. He he's you know he was he consulted the movie, he consulted this show. Yeah, uh, you know he was the artist, and I, and the way the way the kind of story that Watchmen is, and the way the art tells a lot of the story, it's fair to credit him as a writer too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the the the. Um, the ideas that Alan Moore had were bounced off of Dave Gibbons. They probably had long conversations before anything was written down. So I think it's it's fair to to give him a, sh- a share in that. Yeah. Um, and apparently there's no bad blood. Apparently, like he does, Alan Moore doesn't care if Dave Gibbons Dave Gibbons wants to stay involved with it. He's like, no, hmm. you know. I mean, again, because it's he has just as much right to. But he Alan Moore personally doesn't doesn't want anything to do with hmm. it. And what is what is he up to these days? He uh, he still um, does comics. Uh, well, he did for a while. I don't know if he's doing anything now because he he had his own sort of like imprint where he yeah. was putting out a few things that he wrote. Apparently, like it, they're all really good. He had he did uh, like um, he did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which has ah, okay a very bad movie made after it. But apparently, <laughs> yeah. apparently the comic is fantastic. The concept of that because I saw the movie when I was younger. The concept of it's great, but it's just executed so poorly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always hoped uh, Universal was, where they were headed with their MonsterVerse. Right. Was ult- like their Avengers would be the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. But no. Yeah, they ultimately, uh, they, they shit the bed on that one. Yeah, hard. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, you know, I all in all, I mean, 
you know, it, it, it kind of what I was getting at earlier, it, it happened and, you know, I can, I can be upset about the things I don't like all I want, but it's not going to change the fact that they're out. Mm-hmm. Um, there was more good than bad. Like I said, really the only bad, the only, the only thing critical I have to say is, is about this last episode yeah. and that may change over time. I may grow to like it more. I may, there may be things I'm not seeing that I'll pick out later. Uh, you know, especially when you take the whole thing in as mm-hmm. one collective thing, like people do with the comic now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, so overall, it was. I'm, I'm glad that I, I, you know, I don't consider it a waste of my time. That's the best way I know to put it. No, that's how I'd put it too. Is uh, yeah, I'm still processing some of it. I enjoyed what I had. My only real complaint is with this last episode, and even then, it's not bad. It's very similar to my complaints of the Star Wars park. Is it's uh, it's all because I love it so much. It was awesome. I just wanted a little bit more. Right. So, yeah, it was just it, it just it's just and it's not that it, that I felt like it's not like I you know it's easy to say that and then come off like you're be, trying to be greedy, but like it felt like there was supposed to be more. Mm. It was it felt like they built it up to have a little more. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't really in the end. Like we're missing an episode or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I feel like twelve would have been the sweet spot mm-hmm. number. And uh, HBO series are usually ten. This one was nine. I think uh, maybe maybe that's how, why we got those good effects. Because I mean, you know, it makes sense why Game of Thrones got the budget it got, but mm-hmm. not really. Like you didn't see the big dragons till later. Mm-hmm. So I think the show had to kind of prove itself first. And this is a brand new idea that with a lot of you know stigma attached to it. HBO, you know, knew they had to do it right, but they probably were like, we're not going to give you a huge budget. Yeah. You know, on an un- unproved that might end up sinking. So they probably had to manage and they probably like, well, to, to get the millennium clock clock thing to happen the way we want it to happen. We, instead of 12 episodes, we got to shave that down and it makes more sense to do nine than 10. But, yeah. You know, I, I just, maybe they could have done more with like the PDPedia stuff to give us more uh, like, you know, instead of doing two articles every week, you know, maybe do four or five or, or do another thing that's like that, that lays Mm -hmm. on top of it too. Um, Again, more American hero story could have filled in a lot of that too. Like there, there's different tools they could have used to really give it that extra. Even if they release like an in universe trailer for American hero story, but release it on the internet, like it takes place. Yeah, I mean, there was just there's so many outlets where they could have squeezed in more, even with yeah. the constraints they had. You know, again, again, uh, these are nitpicky things. I'm not, I'm not ragging on the show, but it's, I can't. You know, it, it does feel weird that I had such a good time watching it. At, at now that it's over and I've seen the end, I know how it ends. To be like, ah, you know, and th- if I feel like I should feel more, more joy, <laughs> you know, Same. More like, oh. yeah, because like you know. It, we were talking about this before, you know, you know, I, I, I mentioned, I, I don't want to like spoil the dark tower for everybody, but there's a thing that happens at the end where Stephen King basically stops and, and tells everybody, Hey, I've been writing this, these books my whole life. This is it. This is the end. You're probably going to be let down because you probably built your own expectations. Um, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, what I've done. Uh, but at the same time, you could say that like, well, yeah, nothing's, you know, Shows like Lost, or I never did finish The Leftovers. I, I probably ought to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I made it real far. I got like most of the way through the last season, and I think there's like three episodes I need to I need to finish up. I uh, you know I don't know if it had the same kind of thing going for it, but like er, you know everyone always says, well, the ending is always going to let you down. But there's plenty of things where the ending didn't let me down. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I always like to say, if, if there's any anime nerds out there and you haven't watched Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, that is a satisfying ending to a T like there's, you can, you can do a satisfying ending that this idea that you've invested all this time. And so now the ending isn't going to ever meet your expectations. I don't, I don't think that's fair. Um, I think, so I, I do kind of fault the show in that regard where I feel like if, if that's the direction they were going with it, where they had the, like the, well, it doesn't matter if the ending doesn't meet expectations because it's, it was never going to, well, that's, that's not a good way to approach it. I don't think, but yeah, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but uh, that's just, you know, I mean, it's the truth. No, it is. I'm 100% on board with you there. Is uh, yeah, overall, liked it. My biggest complaints are with the last episode, and even with that, it's not even really that big of complaints. I just wanted more. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I'm about ready to shut this thing down. Unless you got anything 
left to add. No, I, I got no plugs uh, uh, other than, than just, uh, hey, I'm a cool guy. If you see me around town, buy me a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Buy him beers. Uh, the Donnies are coming up at the Palace Theater on the 21st. Get your tickets to that if you want to witness a good time. And then go check out Riverside Wine and Spirits. It's a great place for all some gift ideas for booze lovers out there. Or if you just need booze for parties or to deal with your family, go check it out. This, is, uh, this has been fun. We'll have to find another show to do this with. Oh, yeah. Um, or even in, like, maybe, like, if, if they don't do another season in a year, come back and talk about, like... Yeah. Do, like, a Watchmen a year later. Yeah. Revisited. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this has been episode 215F. Tell your friends if they want to go watch Watchmen with us on this, just uh, the 215 series. So, yeah, this has been ep- or, uh, episode 215F, the Ian Sharp and the Watchmen finale. So we'll see you guys next time. Oh, <laughs>